Welcome back to The Digital Dive, a podcast about technology. I'm one of your hosts, Jacqueline. And my name is Darsh. I am your other host and I am heavily caffeinated at the moment. I have a ton of cold brew in front of me and we're going to have a fun episode today, won't we? Yeah. Yes, we will. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys, I, that was a little creepy. I'm not going to lie. But this week's episode, yeah. guys, we're going to talk about a ton of things. First and foremost, we're going to be talking a little bit about how YouTube works. Um, there was a recent article that went out in The Verge describing more about the intricacies behind YouTube and its algorithm and everything we've learned about it in the past couple of years. Also plan on talking about Twitter and their recent acquisition or soon to be acquisition by Elon Musk. And then we're going to be ending off the episode with a quick little kind of like hands-on kind of Jacqueline's impressions with the iPhone 14, iPhone 14 Pro. I also want to give a huge shout out to the review left for this week by Ir- I'm going to butcher this name. I'm so sorry. Irnano, I believe. That was pretty good. Uh, yeah. It was Hopefully, f- let us know on Twitter if that's how you pronounce it. Absolutely. Well, it's a five-star review. It says, this podcast is brought to you by young creators. The topics are well taught out. All about tech. Very informative. I highly recommend it. So thank you, Irnano. I really appreciate that. And let's really intro. so funny you mentioned that you're highly caffeinated because I was just on a podcast last week with uh, my agent, Dave Wiskus, who I love, great guy. And at the end of the episode, he goes to me, we've been on for like two hours and I had had like probably like three coffees already that day. And he's like, I think you should not drink another coffee today. And I was like, oh no, like I'm for sure going to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so funny. I actually don't really get that much effect from caffeine though. Yo, me neither. Honestly, like I'm a little concerned because I, I'm trying to find like a full-time job, right? And like, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I've been sleeping. I've been sleeping at like 2 a.m., waking up at like 10 or like sometimes 11, sometimes even noon. So my days have become like anywhere from 12 to 14 hours long instead of like 18 hours long. Yeah. So I'm really worried about starting a full-time job because that's going to be like me working for the entire, I guess, duration of my day for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> like oh my just, God. Like that's just yeah, how it you're is. You're going to have to switch. <laughs> you're going to have to change your sleep schedule. Yeah, it's crazy because like I definitely get the negative effects of not having coffee. Like if I don't have it, I do get a headache a lot of the time. Yeah. Absolutely. But I don't think it makes me more awake. It's just like the ritual and I love the way it tastes. You got it. You got to do a detox. I know. I like can't though. Oh, it's a tolerance <laughs> break. The tea break. <laughs> One of my really good friends is also like obsessed with like coffees and like bookshops and things like that. She's probably listening to this episode right now. But we have like a bucket list of like different places we want to go for coffee. And it's literally just like the ritual of like being in a coffee shop and like the vibe of that. That's so fun. More so than like any of the actual benefits. Like I don't think it helps me focus more. I don't think it helps me like stay awake longer. But if I am really, really tired, then I do think that maybe a little bit, like if I've pulled an all-nighter, I think it does help maybe 5%. Honestly, because coffee doesn't really affect me as much anymore, sometimes I just drink coffee for like the fun of it. Like like I'm like I'm having a coffee. That's, yeah, that's me. Yeah, like I'm having a coffee right now, right? And after this uh, episode, like I was going to go run, uh, go see a friend I haven't seen in like maybe four years. Like I've known her since I was oh like my 12. God. It's like 10 years later, so we're going to hang out. She's also like my middle school crush. So like I, I just thought it was hilarious. Right? Oh my God. Full circle. Is it a date? Or are you guys just... I, Maybe do you not want to mention? Honestly, that I, honestly I don't know. I don't, I don't know what it is yet. Um, but I know. We're, do you want to? Should we? Should we cut this from the episode? Dude? All, honestly, I don't care. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like it's very much like we want to get coffee. We're gonna catch up, see how it's going. Um, but I was like, I was like, yeah, we're gonna get coffee. And I'm like thinking about it right now. I'm like, I'm finishing my coffee that's in front of me. And I'm about to go buy another coffee right after this. Yeah. So I was like, well, fingers crossed it goes well. That's so fun. I just met up with a friend that I hadn't seen in like five years too. Also for coffee. Yeah, see, the coffee is just the easiest way to catch up with people. And sometimes if yeah. you don't want coffee and you go to like Starbucks or something, you can get like a refresher or something. True. Something. Also, coffee is perfect, dude, because if the thing isn't going well, you just like dip out. You're like, okay, like so great. We both got coffee. Yeah. If you like meet for a meal, then it sucks because then it's like at least an hour. Yeah, at least. Depending on the service too. But speaking yeah. of service, let's talk about one of the Ooh, services that we use it. most and that's going to be YouTube. And I call YouTube a service because it is a service. I, I would definitely classify it as a service. That was like a flawless transition. I'm so impressed right now. Thank you. Thank you. Really wow. <laughs> okay. Yes. YouTube. 
<laughs> okay, so obviously YouTube is like a huge part of both Darsh and my life because we're like consumers of the platform. It's also like my job. Darsh has been creating content too. We, made, we met we met on YouTube. Like that's how we became friends in yeah. the first place. Like it, it's it's a pivotal. That's wild. It's a very, it's, yo, literally we're getting on like eight years now. This is crazy. <laughs> that's actually crazy. Yeah, you've known me for like, you're one of my like longest friendships at this point. Straight which up, is like man, wild. Same here. Like it's crazy. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Anyways, I feel like we talk about this almost every episode. The audience is probably like, "All right." They could probably they, they, they could probably recite like how we met and everything at this point. Yeah. I feel like we said the story like eight times in the past like six months. So true. Yeah, and every time we tell it, I feel like we tell it as if the audience doesn't know it. We're like, "Yeah, you guys probably don't know this, but like we were whatever." And then those guys on the other I end just, just told like, it again. You guys on the other end are like writing like an in depth like biography about how we met yeah. at this point. Like we give all the details. <laughs> They're, like, <laughs> They're like, "Shut up, we get it." Yeah. Okay. So I think that even though like we met on YouTube, we watched a lot of YouTube, etc. A lot of people have no idea how YouTube works. Like when I tell anyone I'm a YouTuber, there are always a million questions that come of like. How do your videos get views? Like, how do you make money? How does an pl- algorithm decide what content, et cetera? And I think for you and I, we now know a lot of this just because we've been in the industry for so long. But there's also a lot of it that's still like shrouded in mystery kind of um, because it's a lot of complex AI systems. Mm-hmm. So there's this journalist named Mark Bergen who has been like covering Google for like seven years. So actually less time than we've been covering Google. Wow. Just subtle. But uh, anyways, he's been covering Google. So they had him on the podcast for The Verge. And he talks a lot about all the different things from like, company culture to YouTube shorts. And so Darsh and I are just going to have like a little bit of a discussion about like the state of YouTube, whether that be also like company culture wise, like I love their CEO season. I think that she's the coolest. And then shorts, because that's like definitely one of the biggest topics, I think overall in like the content space. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, like for one, just starting out with shorts, like Jacqueline, what would your take be on like the future of streamable content like social media wise like would you say it is going to be mostly short form or do you think there still is going to be some kind of space left for this long form content that we've been used to for so long i think there's space for both i think we're going to live in a world where both pieces of content happen but i do definitely think that short form and i guess just quickly for anyone that doesn't know shorts are like vertical under 60 second videos and long videos i think youtube calls them vod's no idea why. I think it's like a thing from traditional media, but I'm going to call them longs and shorts. So like longs, yeah. <laughs> the, I think because of shorts, they have to, like, I've noticed that people are editing them in a little bit of a faster paced way with more captions because that helps for tension. Mm-hmm. And so I think that shorts overall are like lowering people's attention spans because there's so much dopamine. Like in 10 minutes, you can watch 10 different videos. And in like 60 minutes, you can literally see 60 pieces of content, if not more. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it, it is affecting our dopamine levels. People are less satisfied now. But I will say like, at the same time, I think that shorts are only ever going to be snackable, as Darsh says. And so yeah. people are going to want the satisfying experience of a longer video. Longer videos allow you to like create more emotional intimacy, like give more knowledge, have more of an experience. So I think there's room for both. I'm creating both. And I think there is a way to do shorts in a way that isn't a negative for society. But that's just my overall take. I want to expand on that more, but I just want to hear your thoughts too. No, absolutely. I, I think I kind of pretty aligned with that. I think that for example, this week I started getting more back into YouTube. So I, I have these phases where like I'll be like binging a show on Netflix and that's all I consume. And so I just finished Blacklist and that's gonna be my stuff we like this week at the end of this episode. So stay tuned for that. Ooh. <laughs> but YouTube, in terms of like what I've been watching recently, like I've been watching a lot of like 10 minute long videos and that's been kind of like the the maximum in my attention span for YouTube content now. Because it already is really 10 minutes. Like it's really fast paced. Like all this stuff is so fast paced, it keeps you going. Yeah. But then there's also like a whole other side of YouTube now where it's like these documentaries almost. Like I wanted yeah. to sit down and watch Logan Paul's like uh, 99 Originals uh, yes. like, docuseries. The 45 Dude, but that episode. was basically like a million shorts because he told a million different stories. And so that actually wasn't like one cohesive story. He told every story of like the 99 shorts. Oh no, I'm getting to that, right? So like 
So, oh, okay, sorry, my no, bad. no, it's all good, it's all good. But like, I finished watching like a Mike Malak video, and that one came suggested. And I I clicked it, not looking at the timing or anything, but I saw forty five minutes. I was like, yeah, no, I'm good. Like, like that was kind of just how. And then I went on TikTok. Yeah, <laughs> and I was on TikTok for like an hour. Oh, so I was like, it was like interesting. that trade off between like, these quick little things. It's not even just out of what I'm actually watching, but the anticipation of okay, I'm gonna be here for forty five minutes. I'd much rather go on TikTok because I can get off in ten. But I know that's not gonna happen. And I'm there for an hour. Yeah, yeah. So. It, it's a little different, I guess. Like, it was just I don't know how we're gonna where we're gonna end up in this space. But someone now I've been doing like short form content for a bit, like on Instagram and TikTok at Bonding Boys. If you want to check that out, our last video got like you it, should got fifteen thousand views. Last video, I was actually really proud wow. on Instagram. Yeah, I was really proud. Oh my god, that's sick! Congrats. Thank you. That's um, you've been like making great stuff. I love everything that you do, and you're like super charismatic and fun. Oh, so you, not surprised it's doing well. I really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, no, it's interesting. I I don't know. I think it's like hard to like have a crystal ball of what's going to happen in the future. My hope is that long form content, like we're able to get back to a place where it's not so highly optimized that we need more dopamine. But if we look at like what has happened with media over the years, at first we just had radio and people were just entertained by audio. And then people went to movie theaters and then we had TVs. And so like every, if we look like historically, we've gotten more and more dopamine from the way that we consume media. Like it used to just be reading a newspaper and then it was the audio. So I think like it would be unlikely to me that we're going to go back to not having these quick dopamine hits just because we're a species that's addicted to that. Right. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. But I would love if the short form content was like helpful is like the main thing. So like when I think about shorts, it's like, I want to meet viewers where they're at. So if like people want short form videos, I want to make them, I think they're super fun to make too, but it's like, how do I make it? So it's a value add. So when I think about making shorts, it's like either like, let me give you an emotional experience. A recent short I just made was like, here's what it feels like to go to a tech event. Or how do I explain like a topic in 60 seconds? Because I think a lot of shorts are like, you just watch them mindlessly, but then you don't remember anything that happened in the short. There are certain creators that are doing it really, really well. Uh, like I watch a lot of podcast shorts and I find that that's pretty good. Like a lot of Andrew Huberman stuff that like people like will clip him and I'll like get 60 seconds of his take on something. Yeah. But I think what shorts loses is the emotional intimacy. Like a lot of shorts creators are not able to have any type of connection with their audience. Like I saw an article from VidSummit or no, VidCon where these tiktokers that had millions of followers like did a fan meetup and zero people showed up no and it's true it, it's so true yeah because they don't have fans right it's like they have people are like because the algorithm is feeding you the content so no one's choosing to click on that like the tiktok or the short so like the connection point is just different like i there are certain creators that i follow where i literally feel like we're friends and they have no idea who i am yeah exactly i never feel that way about a tiktoker no absolutely like if i go on youtube and i see and i'm looking at like what to watch i'm actively choosing what am i watching Whereas if I go on TikTok, it's I'm being served content. So when I'm on, and that's one of the reasons why it's so easy to get hooked because if someone has a really good hook at the beginning of the video, it keeps you going. And it's less of like, okay, like there's a thumbnail aspect to it where I have to find, like how many times have you found yourself on TikTok actually going onto someone's page and searching for a video that you want to watch? So rare. It's, it's like it's, 1% yeah, of Yeah, you just click on one random thing and then you start scrolling down their entire thing. And you go through this entire rabbit hole. But if I'm on YouTube yeah. and I go and I'm on my subscriptions page and I see, okay, Philip DeFranco posted a video. I want to watch that. Okay, but then Jake Paul posted something. I don't want to watch that. Okay, but then Casey yeah. posted something. I'm watching that first. Like, it's like, it's you, you have this like set of priorities almost because it's like you have this relationship that you've built uh, with your audience. And th that audience, like as a member of that audience, I guess, you want to feel part of that community again. But on TikTok and Instagram, like you don't necessarily feel that. Like we post videos consistently. I just talked about a 15,000 viewed video, right? Got yeah. a couple hundred likes on there. Got five comments. Interesting. Yeah. There, there isn't that much. And then even then with the followers, right? Like 15, if you got a 15,000 views on a video on YouTube, you're probably going to get at least a hundred followers from that in my eyes. Right. True. And yeah, I mean, that's, you don't get yeah. that here. You yeah. get 15,000 views. It's like, ah, it's nothing. It's, it's, you get two followers. 
Yeah, no, the quality of a view, not all views are created equal and not all communities are created equal either. But I will say like the thing on shorts and obviously like Josh and I are talking about this, like this is the topic I'm so passionate about and I love talking about because I think like content literally is like going transforming our world. It's also absolutely, like absolutely. my job. Yeah. So I'm super passionate about. But I think there's so much more to talk about here with like short form content. And also honestly, like the psychological effect that social media has on us. I don't know if that's like too out of niche for like our tech audience. And so I think we're going to pause the topic here, but ask you guys to let us know. Like, I think it'd be so cool to do a full episode on like our relationship with social media and how we think like these tech companies are going to impact our dopamine and social media and mindfulness, et cetera. So if that's something you want to see, like, please let us know on Twitter at digital dive pod, or if you leave a rating, put it in the comment of the rating. We're just trying to gauge, like if there is audience interesting to that, we will make that an episode. So let us know. Speaking of social media, to continue on this topic and kind of move on to the next thing we want to talk about, we won't spend too much time on this, but Elon Musk is potentially acquiring Twitter. So yeah, this is this is an interesting topic. We talked about it a couple months ago when Elon had pitched the idea. This was in April. He, I think it was someone had talked about how like Twitter was becoming closed, like closed off to different people and it was canceling and deplatforming too many accounts. So Elon Musk came forward and was like, oh, like I want to buy Twitter and like bring it back to its former glory. So they, he had proposed a $44 billion acquisition. And so the first and foremost, I just want everyone to just bask in this for five seconds. Like Elon Musk decided that he was going to spend $44 billion on Twitter on a whim. <laughs> like to be that loaded, to be like, yeah, I got $44 billion just to spend. Like, have you ever heard like the, the mentality is like, don't buy something unless you can buy 10 of it? Yeah. So like, like if you don't have that. So this man literally sat down and was like, yeah, I could buy 10 Twitters right now. Let me just buy one. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, it also, I don't know. We could, we won't like get into like the nuance of like what this means culturally, but it is pretty wild that because like social media, Darcy and I were talking about this before the episode. It's almost like its own form of government now because- it's a thing that connects all of us within our own countries and globally and has so much impact and power. And it's pretty wild that there are only like four to five people that really control the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. All, all the CEOs of the big tech. Absolutely. And now he's going to become like the CEO of two big tech potentially, like Tesla and this. Well, it used to be like these television providers where they had like a lot of a lot of governance and like what they were able to do. And then there were all these new regulatory boards that came out and were like, okay, no, you have to like satisfy this. Like in Canada, the CTC, for example has a regulation that like 10% of all uh, television content that is streamed across Canada has to be Canadian made content. So like that is like part of like the regulations there. They've made, they've made an entryway into this, I guess what used to be decentralized network that people will be able to watch from and made it like an actual regulatory body to control it. But we don't have that fully yet for any of these social media platforms. So Facebook pretty much does whatever they want. And they can always say, oh, like, you want to sue me? Okay, sue me in our headquarters, like, where our headquarters are based in, like, Sweden. And then it's like, okay, conversational. We're not going to do a multinational yeah. like, lawsuit. Like, it's like things like that. Like, they have different ways to get out of it because they are so decentralized that they can kind of just do whatever they want. So Musk offering to buy out Twitter was just interesting because, for one, he's not a social media CEO. He never has been. He's, he's, he's very much into, like, tech innovation and, like, he excels in that. But to run a social media company comes with all of these different things. And to buy one out, Maybe he'll keep it the way that it is. He'll keep everyone in place, but he's going to, I guess, add his own little flair to it. Probably, this is honestly, like, in my opinion, I think this is so that no one can cancel him on Twitter and kick him off, to be absolutely honest with you. Do you think so? I, I think part <laughs> of this, like, no, because there's all these, all these talks about how, like, Elon Musk was, like, controlling the stock market by his tweets. So I feel like maybe he got scared and was like, oh, shoot, like, people are getting deplatformed left, right, and center. Let me just like secure my spot on Twitter. <laughs> That's interesting, actually. Yeah, I mean, that definitely is a point that we also talk about of like people get kicked off the platforms. Free speech is a right, especially in the US, but 
the platforms obviously can decide their own rules for who can and cannot talk. And as social media becomes like the main way that we get news and connect with people, that's going to be a really interesting conversation. It's also the main way we advertise now too, right? Like no, like yeah, you don't see, true. I don't see advertisements literally anywhere because everything is now subscription based. So like when you go on YouTube, you can pay for a subscription for no advertisement or you just get ads. That's like one way of looking at it. Or if you go on Netflix, you're paying a subscription so you don't get ads. Same with Prime. Like you are, you're doing certain, like, like advertising is so much more different than what it used to be. It used to be so much more centered around, okay, like, like think about like a Super Bowl ad. It used to be like millions and millions of dollars. Now, like it's still worth millions because they have a huge viewership, but it's not nearly as what it was before because now people can illegally stream it. So it's, it's become like this whole weird kind of advertising situation. So like these companies have so much money, like so much cash inflow that they, like, they feel like they are invincible. Totally. And because it's like a company, like there are different regulations and an individual and there are so many employees and they can easily pin it on someone versus the overall company. It can, it can honestly get super nuanced. I feel like this also could be another full episode. I love the episodes where we like talk more about like analysis and big issues because I feel like these are the things that are shaping culture. Absolutely. Another thing that's kind of shaping culture is the new iPhones. Um, oh, <laughs> because absolutely. Absolutely. Every year people buy new iPhones. And so I actually got a briefing with Apple today, which is another reason I'm in such a good mood. It was so fun. Saw Michael Fisher as well, bored at work. Wait, wait, um, wait. Is, really... is, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but is that the yeah, reason no. you're in a good mood or is it because you currently have hands on the new iPhone? Okay, a little bit I, of both. I'm, I'm, I'm just throwing that out there. I mean, like if I had the new iPhones a couple days early, I feel like I'd, I'd feel pretty good about myself too. Yeah, dude, I mean, it's so wild. Like, I, So I was like Ubering home because I fractured my leg, which we can talk about. In another episode but anyways now i have to like uber i'm not really supposed to be walking that much or i can like make it so bad darsh and i were talking about this earlier but anyways because of this i'm like ubering home and i have the iphones in a bag and i'm just like god like this is so surreal like eight years ago or seven years ago like i never would have thought that i'd be like getting to go hear from like the execs at apple about why they made certain choices on the product ask some questions about it get the phones early like that is such a surreal experience. And I feel like our brains are programmed to just adapt to whatever environment we're in. So we don't always enjoy things, but it's like, so like, that's crazy. Um, and so I was just kind of sitting there like basking in that, like, that's wild. No, absolutely. I mean, you get desensitized to it all, right? Like it's, it's like you go to all these events, you're like, okay, yeah, I get to play with products early all the time. Like it's, it's cool. But then when you look back 10 years down the line, like you were saying, like, I, like if I, if I thought 10 years ago, like I'd be able to be talking to you about the new iPhones three days before they're actually in anyone's hands. Like, I actually, I want all your takes. Like, you've got to play with Dynamic Island. You got to touch the iPhone 14. You got to feel it in your hand and get that nice hand feel. Ooh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've said some really creepy <laughs> things. Is that, like, just like the, the tone, the mannerism, everything I've said. Yeah, dude, that, that's the second creepy thing you've said on the podcast. What's hey, happening not, here? Okay, it's not creepy. I'm just, I'm really, really into phones, okay? No one understands how into phones dude, I am. save it. Save it for the coffee with your friend. All okay. right. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I feel like creepy conversation topic like that is going to be how the conversation ends. Like, we're talking about going for coffee. You can just like get up and leave. Like, this is the exact same thing. Like, I say something like that. Yeah, just up and that's out. so funny. So funny. Yeah. Okay. So sick. Dynamic Island in person was really, really cool, actually. So is the purple color. Obsessed with it. I'm also super stoked on the 14 plus. Um, I love that there's that option now. In the past, you have to do the Pro Max. So it's cool that you can get a bigger phone and just have it be the standard 14. They talked a lot about eSIM stuff, which was cool. And the phones are great. Like, I'm super excited. The Dynamic Island, shockingly, or not shockingly, like, I expected it to be really smooth, but it was really smooth. It delivered on that. Yeah, it should be good. By this time next week, when we're recording the podcast, I'll have had a lot more time with the devices and we'll be able to talk about them a lot more. Now, absolutely. In terms of like hand feel, though, when you were playing with the devices, I did see a lot of coverage that there were, um, the camera bumps were a lot bigger than previous years. And I feel like that's been like a common, I guess, improvement year after year. So question for you for that, like how, 
how does that kind of work? Like how have you noticed, what have you noticed about it? You know, I haven't spent a lot of time comparing the bumps, but I did look at a lot of camera samples and they're really good. Like I think the 48 megapixel sensor is actually making a big difference. It has the pixel bidding technology by default. The action mode for video is also a huge improvement. I think the photos just looked really sharp and detailed. Definitely going to shoot a camera comparison for it. Obviously I can't walk right now, so it's going to be really hard to shoot that. So I probably, that won't be the first video I make. I think the first video is just going to be like an in-studio review type vibe, like 24 hours or 48 hours later. But I definitely am going to test out the camera because I think that that is like one of the biggest areas of upgrade this year. Yeah, honestly, that's so fair. Like it's like the camera is what definitely brought everyone's attention in. But I, I knew though, I know that we like a lot of people have talked about this as well. Like the 48 megapixel camera doesn't actually mean a 48 megapixel camera. What they've pretty much done. Well, it with- could. It could. It's depending on like the lighting and the situation that you're in. Well, so it won't you always can, you be can, guaranteed. Like, you can turn it on. Oh, well, no, like so, pro, if you um, shoot pro raw. Yeah, so by default, it will be 12 megapixels always, no, no matter what, the lighting environment, I think. But then if you wanted to, you can do the pro like mode and then you can get 48. Honestly, though, I feel like that makes the most sense for most consumers. Like if you're going to go and buy I agree. The, like I know a lot of friends who go out and buy the pro phones just because they can. It's not like of a place of like, I need the pro features. It's, it's a, like I want like the most expensive iPhone. It's like a status symbol almost, especially if you're getting gold, Agreed. especially if you're getting gold, because then it's like, yeah, I got the gold, <laughs> most expensive iPhone. Like it's just bougie. But Aside yeah, from although that, the purple, the purple looks pretty sick. Actually, yeah, question for you on the purple, because I, I personally am not a huge fan of the purple. I was hoping, I knew that we were going to oh, get something, but I thought it was going to be a bit darker. Yeah, you predicted it. I, I did, actually. I, I was talking to a couple people about it the other day, like before like the launch. They're like, they're like, oh yeah, like I'm thinking about buying the new iPhone. Like, what are you expecting? I was like, purple. Like the purple yeah. iPhone. Like, like from Wild from green, that you knew that. From green to blue, I was like, okay, they're not going to do pink. Pink's too ostentatious, but purple, like it could be subtle enough if they did it the right way. And I feel like the way they did it with the pro is nicer than the normal. But even then, like the only thing that I'm happy about with the iPhone 14 is the fact that they have a plus. The iPhone 14, though, on its own, I think is ridiculous. I think that it's more of an S device than anything else. And even then, I wouldn't even call it an S. I'd call it more like a renewed iPhone 13. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that the plus is like really interesting. The regular 14 is also like if you haven't, if you didn't get the 13 last year, then it's cool. But yeah, the 14 Pro, honestly, the last thing I'll say about these is that the 14 Pro and the the difference between the 14 Pro and the 14 actually feels big this year. And I feel like last year it didn't as much. Like it was a hundred dollar difference and there weren't like huge upgrades. This year it's like so many things from the display to the camera to the processor. Like so many things are different. I think that is a really justified price difference. Yeah, the Dynamic Island. So it feels like a justified price difference. I'm so excited to review them. I was watching Marquez's video this morning and I was like, God, like I'm just excited about tech again. Like not that I ever wasn't, but I feel like we're in the throes of it where I'm super excited like how i felt in 2016 it's september um, and october like they're it's both yeah I'm right. we're, we're in it we're in the meat of it and it's definitely yeah. like having the plus size this year was definitely a huge plus uh for anyone looking to buy an iphone and talking about cool pluses to different feature sets and stuff like that let's talk about some pluses to the podcast which just happens to be stuff we like this week which is a section of the podcast yeah. where we discuss the pluses in the news the things that we like and in the media or just things that we experience that we want to share with you guys to get a little bit more insight into our lives Jacqueline, I'm going to pass it over to you. What is something that you like? This oh, no. <laughs> okay. God, I really should have this. Oh, okay. I have a song, 20-something. It's like the, it's a big song on TikTok and Instagram Reels. Pretty good. It's on my Hype Up playlist now. Hey, also, awesome. I'm still listening to the Are You Entertained? Like every single time before I do anything, that song goes on. It hypes you up, right? You've changed my life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You've changed I'm my life. But yeah, 20-something uh, is also good. What about you? Uh, so for the first one, as I mentioned earlier, is going to be Blacklist. It's a TV show on Netflix. I may have mentioned it last week as well on the podcast, myself, we like this week. I have now since finished everything that is available on Netflix. They're going to give a new season next week, which I will absolutely be binging the moment it comes out. 
Ooh. The show I think is phenomenal. Like it's it's a psych it's like a psychological thriller almost, and it's it is a bit gory. So if you aren't into gore uh, or action or like violence in that sense, like please stray away from it. But if you are into like the psycho aspect of like criminals and you like those like criminal based shows, like this is something like that that I thought was really cool. I just thought it was really well done. James Spader is fantastic. So if you guys haven't seen it again, this will be my second week in a row. I will say check it out. So exciting. Also, I just saw Casey Neistat, who I love, posted a vlog that he just moved back to New York City. So wait, what? Yeah, I haven't watched it yet, but that's going to be my second one for this week because Casey is a really good friend, but also just like an incredible content creator who I love. And I cannot wait. And I'm so happy for him because I know that he loves New York. So I can't wait to watch it. Just went up eight minutes ago and I'm freaking stoked. I'm literally about to say, I literally just looked at it eight minutes ago, 25,000 views already. This guy being back in New York makes me want to move to New York 10 times more. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. That's, only, that's, one of the, that's, like, that's a huge reason for me. I'm like, yo, like, I, 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 want, I, I want to be in New York now. Yeah. Well, you should come. Absolutely. New York wants you. <laughs> I'll be there soon. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> my next and probably my last one for this week actually is going to be a song by Mike. It's called I Love My Homies. And it's like the most homeless. It's, like, it's, the, most, like, it's the most like homey type song. It, it's like such a vibe. It's, it's like upbeat and like happy, but it's also like, it's like, I just, I love my homies. Like, I'm just, I'm about my friends. Like, my friends are my family. Like, they're the people I care about. They're the people that care about me. Like, I love them in my life and I'm so appreciative for them. And it's like, it, it does have some explicit, like, swearing in there here and there. What, what song in 2022 does not, to be honest with you. But I, I, I think it's pretty cool. I, I really enjoyed the song. I put it added to my gym playlist, even though it's not really like that hype, but it's like, it just makes me feel good. And I, I run it with the gym. It works great. So, highly recommend it. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. Right, amazing. This is a good episode. I feel like I feel good about this one. Oh, um, I'm just so full of energy today. Like you have no idea. No idea. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's been a good week for you. All right, amazing. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. If you made it this far, like genuinely, it means a lot that you would spend like 30 minutes with us. We're gonna be back next week at 8 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Yeah, 8 a.m. Central. No, no wait, 7 a.m. Central. 8 7 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Eastern. Every Monday. Like, that does not sound right. <laughs> Every Monday. Should be a good vibe. Appreciate you guys. Let us know about that episode if you want us to talk about our relationship with social media. And we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for yeah, listening. Thank you guys so much for listening. Oh, also, and thanks to Deal Constantine. Yeah, yeah, huge shout out to Deal Constantine as always for the amazing intro and outro music. And if you guys like this episode, make sure to go down in that comment section or the review section, depending on where you're listening, to drop us a comment or a review. Let us know what you guys thought of the episode. And if you guys put a review down there, we'll be sure to actually give you guys a shout out next episode. We do it every week at the beginning of the episode. So definitely go drop a review to be entered for a chance to be featured next week. Yes, please do. All right. Have an amazing week. Talk soon. Talk soon, guys. Bye. Bye.